Welcome to Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, Michelle, how are you? It's good to have you on. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. We're talking about some great stuff today with inclusive marketing. So I'm excited to get right into the conversation. Yeah, ready to share. Let's go. Let's go. So first and foremost, who is Michelle Ngoman? Every day I am evolving and figuring that out. But to start, both of my parents are from Cameroon, West Africa. So I was born in the States. So I'm Cameroon-American. Grew up between Atlanta, Georgia, in Texas, Lubbock, Texas, Houston, Texas. Got my degrees in finance and marketing, worked in corporate finance, done a lot of small business marketing throughout the years over the past 15 years. And I've just been evolving, right? From guerrilla marketing to digital marketing. And in the past four years, I've been focusing on inclusive marketing. That's awesome. So what is inclusive marketing? That's a good question, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I like to say we look at DEI from a marketing perspective, right? So inclusive marketing is all about making sure that when you're creating your marketing campaigns, your content, that you are mindful of all people, right? So if you think about marketing, a lot of it has to do with communication. And if we go back to grade school, we're like, watch your tone, you know, what's your tone when you're writing? What's your tone when you're talking? And diversity marketing is kind of the same thing, right? You can't please everyone, but you do want to be mindful of what you put out there regarding obviously race, right? Especially when it comes to images. I think lots of times in marketing, is the default is white is right, right? And then it kind of gets into classism. But if it's good enough for white people, it's good enough for black, brown, and everyone else. That's not always the case. Every audience group has a different language, a different tone, and there's things that you should be mindful of. And I help organizations understand that. That's pretty cool. I see it often in like commercials and stuff, right? They're starting to be more inclusive of different groups. Apple, for instance, you see all types of people. So I love that term. You were the first person I had actually heard inclusive marketing from. So that's why I'm like, I think it's great for the audience to actually understand what inclusive marketing means as well. You know, you stated a little bit of why the DEI perspective in marketing is important, but what are the reasons are, is it important to have inclusive marketing at the forefront? Yeah, because lots of times when we think of diversity and inclusion, we immediately go to HR, like who are they hiring, right? And that's important, but then we got to think about where are they placing these people? And I would say a lot of companies are diverse, but they're not inclusive. And I remember when I was in college working at Chase, all of the Black people were in the call center. And then trying to work your way up, it's not that many Black people, right? So it's like, where are we doing? So I think with inclusive marketing, it starts from the inside out. Like, how are you hiring people? I focus obviously on marketing teams. And I think when you have a diverse marketing team, they're going to help create those inclusive campaigns. Because where we are today, everything is marketing. What we're reading, social media, billboards, ads on the radio, ads on Hulu, all of that's marketing, advertising, whatever you want to call it. So even when we open some of these apps, you know, talking about Chase, when I open the app, do I see myself? Do I see representation? And if I see myself, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, maybe I can put my money in Chase. 
maybe I can buy that Lexus. You know, maybe I can wear this outfit, whatever the brand may be. And that's why a diversity marketing is so important because representation matters and people want to see, I want to see myself. And then it kind of goes into brand loyalty as well. And, you know, our community, black and brown, we're probably one of the most loyal people when it comes to big brands. Absolutely. So how can the leaders listening like they're like, oh, man, my campaigns, I noticed that I'm not doing inclusive marketing. Like what's some of the steps they take making sure their marketing is more inclusive? Yeah. So I know it's tough when you're a small business owner, you're wearing many hats, you probably have you're pretty much a Swiss army knife. Right. Whether it's you or maybe a few other people. And you don't have the money that a Chase or a Toyota might have to do a campaign. But I will say it can start with what's the kind of content you're creating, right? How are you communicating? How are you selecting these images? How are you communicating with people? And I'm going to get into my framework a little bit later. So part of it's your content. And then I'm going to fast forward to your community engagement, right? So how are you getting involved? Are you a mentor? Are you volunteering? Are you donating? Maybe you can create a scholarship. So those are some of the things that kind of help small business owners understand. You don't have to, you know, find $10,000, $20,000 and do this, you know, cool skateboarding campaign that Google might have out right now. But it's like, okay, well, this is my marketing budget. Maybe I can allocate $500 or $1,000 to someone that's going to graduate this spring that can help them buy their books or whatever the school supplies are nowadays, right? And those little things do matter and they go a long way. Yeah, we're saying a lot of companies use like social justice campaigns and social aspects to kind of get that inclusivity going and be known for something more than just their product or service. So that's actually a great point. You know, that's maybe a way that a small business owners can do that. And you like pictures and stuff, like looking at our website, seeing what photos we're utilizing, you know, is it inclusive of, you know, different demographics? How's the wording, right? Are we saying, you know, hey guys, or are we being inclusive of everyone? Because it's like the small changes that you can start first, right? That's one of the things that I first learned, like in the military, I remember when, you know, we say guys a lot. And we had to kind of change it to be more inclusive. So we had to say, hey, soldiers or, you know, whatever. So it's those small things that you don't really think about that can really make such a huge difference in inclusivity. Yeah. And one thing I want to say, look, we're all in different journeys. It's a learning curve, you know, in so many aspects. Obviously, I'm a black woman, but to someone that might be a little bit older, you might have a child that's dealing with their sexuality. You might have a child that has a learning disability, right? I have a friend, she's in her mid forties and just found out she had ADD or ADHD, right? Like we're all in different parts of our journey and we're just trying to learn and figure it out. So let's give each other grace and just be empathetic and courteous in this process as well. Absolutely. And be willing to listen and be willing to say, hey, I was wrong or I'm not right, you know, Um, and just learning. I think that's the beauty of where we are now in the world. Um, it's a time of learning, right? Seeing things from different perspectives. And your what your your efforts are more appropriate now than ever before, right? Because we need that <laughs> inclusivity. Um, so I love what you're doing. You mentioned you have a framework. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like and how we can apply it in our own businesses? Yeah, so it's called the five-point framework for inclusive marketing. So you start off with your content and your communications. So 
we're very familiar with what our content strategy may be. That's pretty much what the information you're sharing about your product service to your audience. In this case, when it comes to the communication, we want to be mindful of how are we communicating to our employees and just our overall stakeholders, especially as your company begins to grow. And this was a big problem in 2020 when George Floyd died and so many companies were writing these Black Lives Matter statements, and it was tone deaf, right? What I mentioned earlier, and they were going to their Black employees to kind of proofread or read the statement before they published it. But, you know, this person is working in accounts receivables. This is a Black woman in accounts receivable. <laughs> She's not experienced in marketing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she, like, what, she just because I'm Black, you coming to me? Like, <laughs> like come on, man. <laughs> So there is a lot of that going on. You want to know how you're communicating to not just your audience, but also to your team. The next thing is your candidates. So I think one thing that's going to be really on the rise is recruitment marketing strategies. How are you promoting your organization? It's not just, oh, I'm going to put this on Indeed and LinkedIn and go on about my business. But what does your company culture look like? Which actually goes into the third point company culture, employee engagement. Is it attractive that outside person can be like, hey, let me look into this company and I want to apply here and go through that process. And then four is the consumer marketing, which we talk about all the time. And then the fifth thing is the community engagement, which I mentioned earlier, especially if you have, even if you do have the money, how can you get involved in the community? What does that presence look like? And I think all of those things help benefit one, your revenue, right? Your bottom line, it's going to help you attract new customers. And then of course, enhance your recruiting efforts as well as your company culture. So it's just, I call this like a spin wheel. Everything is evolving around one thing. You know, it's kind of like a, a new look instead of the customer journey, it's the inclusive marketing journey, right? It's like you're hitting all the points that I see and I hear, and you're also including the internal. And I think that's where, like I said, inside out, that's where it really starts is like educating those internally, like from the CEO down to, you know, the lowest level, just making sure that the culture embodies that messaging. And I think that you won't run into those tone deaf situations anymore because you're getting all that diverse perspectives and diverse thinking, which we all know is the way that innovation and, and elevation takes place in the first place. Right. So that's why I think that all the leaders listening like this is beneficial in so many ways for you, even if you're already doing it, maybe you can find different ways to just attack the strategies and look at inclusivity on all levels. So. I love that framework, the five wide framework uh, or five point framework, so to speak. So when it comes to marketing and staying on trends and all the new developments, what are some ways that you stay current and stay relevant when it comes to your marketing? And then how do you apply them in your business? I do a lot of reading and a lot of YouTube, right? So different websites, <laughs> Content Marketing Institute, Search Engine Journal, um, are some great websites, sometimes social media marketing world. And just, I like general business websites as well, Black Enterprise. And then just different podcasts. I love YouTube videos. Just, you know, quick 10 minute video, like, okay, boom, boom, boom. This is how ChatGPT works. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Something easily digestible, right? Yeah, let, all right. Let me go play. Let me go click around. 
But yeah, that's the thing, actually. And that's a good point, because in January, I released my diversity card game called Be Inclusive Cards. And I, that was my first time using ChatGPT. And I just typed different things, diversity training, diversity marketing, da 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 And I literally used that copy, made some tweaks, you know, put some emotion, put some examples in it. And that was the copy for my website. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's the power of it, right? Like adapting all the new things that come along, seeing how you can apply it. Of course, you're not going to be able to use everything because something new comes out every freaking day. But like just losing, like taking those little small things and then just iterating it and playing around with it to apply what you have. That's a great point. And what, real quick, how can we get that card game? Because that sounds dope. Yeah. So be inclusive cards. This is a great team building exercise. We have company culture and DEI, but yeah, if you go to be inclusive, the or you follow me on LinkedIn, all that information's there. And through my work, I was able to come up with a total of a hundred questions. And then from there, chopped them up, created the card games. Yeah. So that's one of my babies, one of my labors of love. And that's awesome. No, that's really what helped the team building right there. The hundred questions. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Not at once. Not at yeah. once. I don't want, right. don't want to overwhelm anyone. So you have another label of love. It's called the African American Marketing Association, right? So what made you want to start your own marketing association geared towards African Americans? You know, so many things. One overall vision. I had the idea in 2013, an angel whispered to me, but I was like, I'm just too young. I'm too green. I can't do this. And kept Googling. And I was like, nothing has come up still. And then um, by 2017, 2018, there was just a series of bad commercials. And that's another thing, because lots of times we are represented, but we're misrepresented, right? So we had the commercial with H&M. They had the black boy with the green hoodie that had had the monkey on it. Dove had a commercial where it started off with the black woman wearing a brown shirt. And then every time she took her shirt off, the woman was lighter, like a new woman will follow. So it's like three or four women, but every time a woman took her shirt off, a new woman would appear lighter. And then it's like Dove body wash is makes you clean, you know, some BS. Yeah, right. And I'm like, who's in the room approving these messages? Right. Who greenlit that one, man? So you're implying that if you're darker, you're dirty. Is that what you're saying? That's the what people have to think about with marketing. It's like, you know, so many folks I'm reading copy on websites, sales pages. And it's just like, what were you thinking when you wrote? It's so much like that's sometimes I got to laugh to keep from crying. Right. Because it's so much unconscious bias. It's society in general. And then once again, think about all of the marketing messages we assimilate from day to day. And then some of these things are traditional messages from the 50s, the 60s that are still seeping into 2023. It's just ridiculous, you know. But anyways, who's approving these messages? And I was like, where are the black marketers? Like, we need to come together and talk. Like, what's going on at your job? What's going on over here in business? I remember people would approach me. I hate RFPs. Can't stand RFPs. And then I had to really figure out my strengths and my business journey. And I'm like, I'm truly a solopreneur. Like, 
I want to be a solopreneur with the creative team. And people will present RFPs like, what's today? Monday. And they'll call me too. Oh, Michelle, there's an RFP, but it's due Friday. And I'm like, like, you know. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, the government sends those all the time. And it's like, oh, man, I got how long? You do realize it's just me, right? (laughs) And I remember one time this guy, he was like, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I didn't apply for it, but he's like, I just wanted to let you know that was a hundred thousand dollar proposal. And I'm like, that's fine, but I wasn't going to do it. Like I'm not phased by this. Right. What I am phased about you is giving me a three day deadline. But with that being said, right. All jokes aside, if I had more time or if I was more equipped, I'm like, okay, am I in position to make some phone calls and be like, Hey, I want to go in would you be willing to subcontract or how can we collaborate on this proposal and submit it in X amount of time? And I didn't feel like I was in a position to do that. I would, you know, forward the information and I'm like, people, black marketers, we need to find jobs and we need to be in better position and get these contracts. And so why not have an association? So that was some of the early premise of creating our mission is to galvanize black marketers, creatives, and entrepreneurs and provide them with the resources and opportunities so they can grow their brand. I love that mission. Now, does that mean that other demographics aren't allowed in the association? Everyone's allowed, but it's centered around blackness. Gotcha. Just want to make sure that the listeners understood that, you know, you could be a part, but, you know, it's based on like really for African-American marketers. But, you know, if you're an ally, right? Yeah. And I think that's a good question because kind of going back to the inclusion marketing piece, like if you need to learn, like this is the group to tap into so you can even learn. And I think lots of times we don't want to be in comfortable situations, but kind of goes back into the default of white is right. As a black person, we just assume there's going to be a lot of white people in the room and we, we network, we go to work and we network and we do what we got to do. And it can be uncomfortable sometimes. It depends, but we're so used to it. But how often does a white person step into our world? Right. Especially out of hip hop culture, but well, that's another topic. Well, I mean, you created something that really ties to that, the marketing for the culture summit. So you can you tell us about that? Yeah. So this is, especially with COVID happening a couple of years ago, this is just a great way for us to kind of connect on a regular basis. So this year will be our second summit. And just like any other marketing conference, we're in a position to talk about the latest strategies, trends, tactics that are going on in the industry from pretty much, once again, centered around Blackness, all Black speakers, 95% Black attendees. So I'm really excited about what we're doing. It's going to be May 31st, Wednesday, May 31st to Friday, June 2nd. We have the kickoff reception on the 31st. We have the actual event on Thursday, June 1st. So we have you as a speaker, as a panelist on the PR and marketing panel. In addition to an e-commerce panel, uh, we're going to be talking about Facebook ads, chat GPT, podcasting, I don't want to name everything because marketing is so broad, but we're going to be talking about it. It is super broad. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about a lot in one day. We're sponsored by HP. They're going to do the keynote, uh, which I think is a beautiful thing because it's just really fitting for our audience. I'm a podcaster. I'm on an HP laptop right now. I just think their products really fit our demographic. So it's going to be a good time. And then on Friday, we're going to have the VIP brunch. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be amazing. I'm honored to be on the panel there, you know, talking about PR and using OPP, you know, other people's platform. Yeah, So that's going to be fun. The time of airing, you all might miss this based on when we air, but if you do, there will be another. So stay on the lookout. But don't think you got away from it because it's coming. It's getting to the point where you need to mark your calendars. Yes. So one of the things that I'm assuming will be covered at the Marketing for the Culture Summit is the term neurodiversity, right? You talk about this at length very often. So what is that? And then, you know, just give us how it can be used in the workplace. Yeah. You know, the simplest thing about neurodiversity just means that we as people, we learn differently. We learn and interact differently. And I hate to say this, but I'm 40, right? So if we go back a couple of years, when we were in grade school, we'd be like, oh, that person's slow or that person's different. And it's like, yeah, they're learning differently, right? Maybe they're not picking up on social cues as quickly as you and your peers do, but they have other strengths that are just as insightful and beautiful for them and their livelihood. So some of the things that we hear when it comes to neurodiversity is maybe they have ADHD, autism, autism spectrum. And these people, they're capable of learning, but they just have to go through a different process, right? When it comes to the workplace, you want to be mindful of that. And I think what COVID has showed that a lot of people prefer to work at home with a tangible reason and not just, you know, being at home. And one of the biggest things that keeps coming up is sensory overload. So maybe in the workplace, especially if you have like an open floor concept, cubicles all over, you hear people typing, someone's playing music, you hear the fan blowing, someone's, people are getting up, going to get some water, they're talking, and you're on the phone, you're on a Zoom, it's too much. So those are one of the things that comes up when um, someone says they're neurodivergent or neurodiversity, sensory overload, you know, just too much going on. I think that's almost everyone right now because we're just inundated. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's already too much for me. I'd be in like a shared space. I'm like, what y'all, hey, I'm trying to record this. Can you please be quiet for a minute? Like I'm hearing other conversations. I'll just be like, man. Sometimes I'm at home and I'm like, okay, I just listen to instrumentals. Like, I don't need to hear no words. Right. That's why classical music, I think, helps so much because it's like, you don't need the words. You're just playing the music, right? Puts you in a different mind state, right? So I'm with you. Yeah, I like that neurodiversity and really focusing in on that and applying it to our businesses, right? Applying it to how we do things. And I think it's important for us to no longer place these assumptions, right? Assuming that everyone is like us, assuming that everyone learns the way we learn, assuming that everyone's going to feel like what we think is easy is easy, right? It's just like, come at it from an open mindset. And that's one of the things I learned as a coach is come at everything open, be curious and as if you know nothing, right? So that you can learn more and not come out with these biases and all that stuff. Now, of course, we're human. So, you know, sometimes you may be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. But just come at it with a curiosity and ask people, right? Learn about them. And that's why I always tell leaders that it's very important to know your team, right? Know who you're speaking with, know who you're dealing with, because you won't know those things otherwise. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Because two things I want to say, one, advocate for yourself, you know, speak up, whether it's your employer Tell them what you need. If you feel like you need to take special tests to kind of figure that out, do that. Tell your employer like, hey, this is what's going on with me. 
they have to make accommodations. They got to figure that out too. go to HR, you know, all that good stuff. But yes, as a leader, as a manager, everyone learns differently, as we stated, and everyone's motivated differently. So you have to learn your team. Absolutely. Yes. So you are a leader in, in ever since, right? So how do you, what are some ways that you make it a point to learn your team and apply those lessons? So one of the first questions I ask is, what is your communication style or how do you like to be contacted, right? I prefer email because it's just easier to keep a thread, but I know some people, they prefer some type of messaging group, you know, Slack, Facebook, whatever, you know, phone call, especially certain things. So I always ask, what is your preferred communication method? And then offering courtesies in that as well. Okay. Do you want to talk on the phone? Can we schedule some time via phone or zoom? You know, I think those things are very important and I don't think enough people kind of inquire about that, especially out of a B2B setting. I think the leader kind of just assumes, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this at two o'clock. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, it's my company. It's like, okay, but that doesn't mean this person's actually available or not doing anything. But I think we have to be mindful of people's time. Another thing is I really like systems, processes, and training. So I do a lot of recording, screen recordings, right? So where I'll walk the person through, this is how you do this, da, da, da. And then I'm probably doing, I'm the screen recording via Zoom so they can have that, they can refer back to it later. So those are some of the things that I like to do and trying to be efficient for me and hopefully the other person as well. Absolutely. I agree on those, especially the screen recordings, because you're kind of creating like your SOPs, right? You're getting your standard operating procedures created. So when someone else comes in that role, they already know exactly what to expect and how to do it. And systems is like one of the most important things we can create as leaders and owners, because if you think about McDonald's, right, their systems are like this. They can plug and play anybody in that mug and it just functions the way you expect it to function. So that is the beauty of focusing on those systems, process, procedures. And then making sure that your people are aware of it, because you never know, they may have a thought on how it can be better, right? That's happened to me multiple times, right? I bring someone in to do a task. I'm like, hey, here's how I do it. And they're like, why don't you just do it this way? Oh, absolutely. That's why I brought you in, right? So it's just beautiful as a leader to really be open, as we talked about before, and get that different perspective. So what are your plans for the future for your business? That is a good question. I think, you know, I'm definitely in a very interesting place right now. I will say with the association, I strongly believe I'm ready to kind of hand that over. For me, it's been five years. We launched in 2019, but if I consider the year of planning, um, it's been five years. So I want to hand that over and I want to position myself to remove things off my plate. So maybe I'll just completely focus on Line 25 Consulting. And yeah, I want to slow down. But I think with that slowness, I have to remove some things off my plate to see what's going to spring up. I turned 40 last fall. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting and everyone's like, well, what's next? And I'm like, I'm not supposed to know what's next. Yeah, that's true. And we get caught up on so much of that as high achievers. We're like, hey, I got to keep going, going, going. But I like that you mentioned slowing down, which actually opens us up for serendipity, right? We allow for that beauty to come into our lives. And I think that's very key. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I have to remove things so I can create that space to receive. Because it might be, I hate to say it, but it's like I'm not prepared for a new opportunity right now. No, I mean, that's good. That's self-awareness, though. right? You already have so many opportunities happening in this moment in time. I know where my priorities are, and I'm like, look, I am no good. Unless you want to come in and help with this summit, like, I don't know. I feel that. I completely get it. You know, I ran the Million Dollar Marketing Summit a few months ago, and I was like, wow, this takes a lot of freaking work. (laughs) And that was virtual, So I can only imagine in person because you got so many vendors and all these other moving pieces and parts. So I get it. Salute to you. And I'm sure we'll be partnering something in the near future since we're both Houstonians. So at this point in time, I'm going to ask you the same three questions I ask every guest in our by design segment. All right. You ready to roll? Ready. All right. So what has been the hardest part about designing a life in business you don't need a vacation from? I think the hardest thing in business, especially early on, was understanding cash flow. Because, you know, I look up at the end of the year, file my taxes. I'm like, where'd this money come from? Like, <laughs> because right. these equal payments didn't hit over 12 months, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. like, I made that for real? What? Where is it? <laughs> Give me that back. Give me a duo. Let me see if I can do this again. But yeah, cash flow, definitely the bloodline, lifeline of your business, overall stability. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that transparency. That's really key. The second one is what is the best lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? Best lesson. You have to believe in yourself. Like you have to have some crazy delusional belief in yourself to be an entrepreneur. Because Jay-Z, one of my favorite rappers, you know, he did this interview a long time ago and he was saying, you know, how people will project their fears on you and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, look, just because, and I'm African too. I'm like, look, just because nursing school worked for you don't mean it's going to work for me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 100%. My journey is not yours. So... (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I just got to believe in myself. And I know my mom be like, all right, girl, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have like this delusional belief in yourself that you can do anything and everything and you can overcome and you can stand the test of time. Because when you believe in yourself with that level of insanity, other people will fall in line, right? If you have a plan and you're strategic, and you have integrity, other people will fall in line. Absolutely. And then not only that, when you do hit that adversity, you're willing to go through it, right? You're willing to try to figure it out because you have that crazy belief. And that's why Steve Jobs' speech, uh, when he says, here's to the crazy ones, always resonates with me. Because you really have to be that to be an entrepreneur, right? You have to be that change maker. So thank you for that. The third question, what are three tools or tips that you recommend when scaling a business? Uh, manage your money, QuickBooks, some accounting software that manage your money. Even as an entrepreneur, you can still fund your benefits. You can get an IRA. You can prepare for retirement. You don't have to have a job to do those things. The second thing is strategically level up your networking, right? And I have to say that together because people are like, oh, a network, network. And lots of times we'll just go to an event to go. But it gets to a point when you're in business, you're like, okay, I got to put a new plan together. You know, some things you want to support people, 
But then it's like, okay, I really need to find a way to pay this thousand, five thousand dollars so I can be in this room with these people, da da da. And then the third thing is invest in technology. And I will say invest in innovation, right? Because when we say technology, we usually think of hardware or some type of software, but innovation is about newness of ideas. And when I created these cards, that was a new idea. There was no one really in my space at the time that was creating these cards. And if they were, it was more, it was very private. Whereas mine is anyone can buy them. So think of innovation and that can be so many things. It doesn't have to be a physical thing all the time. No, I love that. Invest in innovation. That's the bar right there. You got to use that more often. That's good. So, but it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate all the insight you've shared with us, inclusive marketing and everything in between. So how can people connect with you? Yeah, michellegomay.com. You can follow me on Instagram for the cool stuff, Facebook for the real stuff, and LinkedIn for the professional stuff. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on. Look forward to everything you have coming up and I'll see you soon. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening. 